find, if you would, Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. We've read a couple of those verses already. Going to read verses 1 through 10. But uh, we're glad to see you today. Welcome to Super Sunday. Man, you have done well to begin your day in the house of the Lord today. We think every time we get together is a Super Sunday. And uh, we always want to exalt the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're glad that you have come today. I'm up a little bit earlier today because uh, today's a special day. Every now and then we have our uh, children's choir. They're going to sing at the end of the service, so I'm up a little bit earlier. They hope that I will finish a little bit earlier so that the choir can come in, but uh, we'll go at the Lord's pace, uh, hopefully, uh, today. appreciate our Young Worshippers Club. Some of you have noticed that this month that uh, you're being welcomed, perhaps greeted, bulletins, as well, we've got scripture and prayer. I always appreciate uh, when our children are praying for the church as they have done so today. I prayed for today, and uh, but I'm thinking, Lord, if you didn't hear my prayer, I know that you heard theirs, and uh, so that is good. Uh, and uh, also, uh, we are special emphasis today called "Who's Your Three? We began this past Sunday, and you see there also if you weren't did not participate or weren't here last Sunday. And there in front of you, you'll see a Who's Your Three card. We encourage you to participate. At the end of the service, we had many come down. You see the cards here. If you can't see the steps, there are cards down here. Uh, to where everyone has written down names or initials of one to three people whom we're praying for that are lost or unchurched. And uh, emphasis not only for this month, but uh, we will do the cards this month, but hopefully an emphasis throughout that always we're seeking to reach more people for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, uh, and you may want to participate in that. You'll have opportunity at the end of the service also. Or if you have an additional name, or I've even said that if maybe you don't know anybody, the Lord hadn't brought anybody to your name, you just might want to write, I'm praying that the Lord will allow me to share with somebody. But with these people, we encourage you to pray for them, seek opportunities to share and invite to service or invite to a place to where they know that they're here, the good news of the gospel. And today's going to be one of those days with the Lord's help and according to the Lord's uh, direction today. And uh, so we're in Luke chapter 19. Going to be reading verses 1 through 10. Would you please stand and honor the reading of God's word today? Speaking of Jesus, Luke chapter 19 and verse 1, it says, He entered Jericho and is passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not. But cause he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, the Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. In the two verses that were read earlier in the service. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word today. And you may be seated. It was the tradition of a young family in the church that when they came, that every time before the offering plate was passed, uh, each child in that family would receive a dollar. And so on this particular day, that the youngest child brought a friend. And when they brought a friend, as tradition was, each child was handed a dollar just before the offering plate was passed. 
And then the youngest child who had the friend, without even thinking or skipping a beat, he tore that dollar in half and gave half to his friend. Now that's being a friend. But our, uh, our counting committee has always learned now to keep tape on hand just in case. Whether this is your first Sunday or you've been here all your life, 90% or more of us, we have come to church and we have come, or we come to Jesus because a friend, a family member, someone invited us to come. We'll be reminded today of the importance of community and of friends and relationships and particularly the importance of knowing that Jesus is your Savior and your friend. Having Jesus as a friend should make a difference. And we're going to talk the kinds of differences in just a moment. But we want to spend a few minutes talking about how you can know that you are a friend of Jesus. How can you know that you have a relationship with Christ that will give purpose for your life for now and for all eternity? And we want to use this story, this familiar story, to recognize who Jesus really is, to recognize who you are in Christ or who you could be if you make Jesus Lord and Savior your friend. But first of all, we want you to be able to recognize you've got some notes perhaps there in front of you as well. They'll be on the screen. We want you to recognize who you are. You are a person who is created in the image of God and made for relationship. Have you noticed that God's been getting a lot of attention from NFL players lately? We know that uh, Kansas City Chief quarterback Patrick Mahomes has been consistent about giving God the glory for his success in an MVP acceptance speech and many others. He said, first, I want to thank God for giving me this platform. Brock Purdy, quarterback for the 49ers, last person chosen in the draft in 2022 and on the field because of the injuries of other quarterbacks. Purdy seems to be pretty clear on who gets the credit for the quick rise towards stardom. That's all God, he says, adding that the Lord is bigger and more beautiful. God's plan is bigger and more beautiful than I could ever imagine. I'm just going to show up every day, work hard, see where he takes me. So I'm very thankful for it. But did I ever expect this kind of stuff? He asked. I didn't. I had no idea. So I just try to show up, do my job every day, and it falls in place if it needs to be. Elsewhere he said, I know who I am. And God, if you want me to do great with football, great. If not, all right, let's Go do something else wherever you need me. Mahomes was the one who was drafted in the first round. Purdy was the very last one drafted in 2022, but he was still drafted in the NFL. Sometimes, or maybe even more often than not, God uses somebody who would be among the least likely. Here we have Zacchaeus. He would be one of, if not the most unlikely of candidates. Do you know that Zacchaeus, though, is one of the most famous people in history. I mean, everybody who has a Bible, and the Bible's still the uh, uh, most uh, bought book, best-selling book of all time, know the story of Zacchaeus. Wee little man climbed up in the sycamore tree. Children's songs have probably helped. Yet the only time that he's mentioned in history are these 10 verses in Luke chapter 19. When you imagine Zacchaeus in your mind, how short do you see? Is he five foot something? Four foot nothing. Truly, he may have been one of the little people, but he must have been significantly short for it to play such a major part in the story. It may have been, though, a poor self-image that led to this lucrative but despised career as a tax collector. Now, Zacchaeus was not just any tax collector. He was the chief 
tax collector. I guess the 49ers had their own tax collector. I didn't know if anybody got that, but I thought it had to say it out loud. It'll be my last reference to the Super Bowl. As you know, tax collectors were among the lowest of the Jewish social ladder. Their own people hated them, for they were Jews who worked for the Romans who were known to cheat their own people and get rich by overcharging and collecting more than was required, which apparently was okay with the Romans. So the tax collectors had plenty of money and few friends, although if we think of Matthew, who became one of the twelve, he was a tax collector, and he invited all his friends who were other tax collectors and other dregs of society to come and through a party so that they might be able to meet Jesus. But for Zacchaeus to have worked his way up to chief tax collector, it was not because he was popular among the other tax collectors or among the other Jews. For that to happen, he would have had to have brought more money in perhaps than all the other tax collectors. He's probably had a cushier job because he was entitled to a cut to the tax collectors who worked for him. So truly, he may have been a man without any friend from his subordinates or surely not from any fellow Jews. The truth be known, he may not have had a friend at all. He may have been ignored, looked down on, even ridiculed, maybe because of his height, but as a chief tax collector, he was at least able to lord over them and maybe, in a sense, get back at them for maybe how they treated him. I could see Zacchaeus being one who was bullied as a young boy or maybe even as a young man. But now, he's the one who is the bully. But his wealth and his position did not give his life fulfillment that he had hoped. Something was missing in his life. Zacchaeus recognized that he had a need. There was a hole in his heart that no amount of money would ever fill. But one day, Jesus comes to Jericho. In fact, this would be the last time that Jesus would be in Jericho or any city but Jerusalem, for Jesus knew it was a matter of days before he would be arrested, tried, and convicted and be placed on the cross of execution. Luke 19, that you may have your Bibles open, you might notice at the very beginning it begins with Jesus in Jericho. By the time we get to the end of that chapter is the triumphal entry as Jesus comes into Jerusalem. Most important three days in history are about to take place in the cross and the resurrection. But Jesus takes time to spend the day with what the world would call a small, insignificant, and even despised person. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, you need to know that you are as important to the Lord Jesus. How Zacchaeus came to learn about Jesus, we don't know. But apparently, Jesus was pretty popular in Jericho, for the crowds are so great that Zacchaeus could not see over the crowd to get a glimpse of Jesus. Zacchaeus ran down the road. Although Jericho is called the city of palms, he actually found a sycamore tree and climbed up in it. Not very dignified for a man of his status. Most people, I'm sure, know the traditions of the tide walk in Tuscaloosa or the tiger walk in Auburn where the players line up, walk in the stadium, the crowds line the sidewalk to watch the players yell their names, maybe shake their hands, give them a high five if they're close enough. Most of you have seen that. Maybe it uh, can be 10 to 20 people deep in order to be able to see. Those on the outskirts of the crowd can barely see the players. Lots of noise and the bands playing, hooping and hollering that's going on. That may have been the kind of crowd that wanted to see Jesus that day in Jericho. I don't know about the tide walk, but if you go to the tiger walk, you look close enough, there's 
almost always somebody, if not two or three people who have climbed up in the tree. And there in the tree they will have uh, perhaps face painting on. They'll be the ones who will be yelling the loudest. They're going all out for the game. Well, except for the yelling and the face painting, that Zacchaeus is who is up in that tree. But if you want to know Jesus, if you want to experience him, you may have to get a little undignified. Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, this little short man ran ahead of the crowd, climbed a tree in order to see Jesus. Can I tell you that men in the Middle East, I've come to find out, are try to stay very dignified. You won't find a man in the Middle East who's going to wear short pants in the day for anybody to see, not a man who's going to run, and certainly not a man who's going to climb up in a tree. Pride has kept many a person from coming to know Jesus. If you don't see that you have a need for Christ or you have too much pride, you'll never know him in a personal way. To be undignified may not mean that you have to climb up into a tree, paint your face, or yell at the top of your lungs. It must, does mean humbling yourself and bowing your heart before God, confessing that you are a sinner in need of forgiveness. All of us who become believers have humbled ourselves before Him and admitted that we're sinners in need of a Savior. But you know, you may not be like Zacchaeus. You may have hundreds of friends but not to have Jesus as friend and Savior and Lord is to miss the greatest blessing and the purpose in this life and a relationship that will last for eternity. So let me ask you this morning, who are you? If you're a sinner in need of a Savior, recognize your need for forgiveness. We serve a holy God. And the only way that we can be made righteous is through the forgiveness of sin that's made possible by the blood of Jesus on the cross of Christ. If you are a sinner who knows Jesus as Savior, recognize your opportunity to befriend another sinner. Let's be ready to tell other friends how they can know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and as their friend. But also we need to recognize from this passage, recognize who Jesus is. We want to be able to recognize who Jesus is. Three things uh, that we can find from this passage. Perhaps there are more, but three things that I want to point out. One, Jesus is the Son of God who has come to earth so that we might have life abundant and eternal. When Jesus passed through Jericho, he was on his way to Jerusalem for the last time to give himself as a sacrifice for you and me. Jesus often called himself the Son of Man, as he does in verse 10 that we read just a moment ago. It was a humble title that had to do with prophecy. It began in the Old Testament to show that he identified with people whom he created and his one desire is to have a growing relationship with you and me. We also find out about Jesus. Jesus knows your name and he loves and he cares for you. Zacchaeus climbed that tree in order that he might be able to catch a glimpse of Jesus and Jesus walked up to the tree and what was the first word out of Jesus' mouth as he walked up to the tree? Go ahead. You take a look. The first word was Zacchaeus. How did he know Zacchaeus' name? Listen, I think probably everybody in Jericho knew the name of Zacchaeus as the most hated man in town. Maybe Jesus asked somebody his name, but I don't think Jesus had to ask anybody his name. Can I tell you that Jesus doesn't have to, have to ask anybody your name? He knows you today. He's passing this way. Today, we've come to this worship service. We're not just going through the motions. We believe the Spirit of Jesus always is with us. He's passing this way through the Scripture today. And if you have not accepted Jesus as Savior, He is calling your name.
John chapter 10 and verse 5 says, He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. Jesus is a good shepherd. In a good way, He's calling you out. You might remember the words of Jesus in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 to where He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Well, that's what Jesus said to Zacchaeus. Come down immediately and I will come stay at your house today. Zacchaeus came down right then and welcomed him gladly. How many of you, if I were to ask to come to your house right now, or anybody were asked to come to your house right now, you would want to go home and clean up a few things. You'd want to at least maybe come on. Now, some of you, I realize, you keep everything spotless all the time. But some of you might realize you might want to shut the closet door, shut some of these doors. Maybe guests are only welcome in the parlor of your house. I'm not sure what the parlor is or if we've ever had one, but that's probably where guests be able to come in. Well, Jesus calls you by name, and he does not ask for you to make any preparations. Hear me on this. Because many people feel that they can become a Christian in order for that to happen, they must prepare first. They must make the necessary changes first, prove themselves, then perhaps they can ask Jesus to come in, or then perhaps they can follow the words of Jesus and follow Him. Jesus says, I accept you the way you are. I forgive you of your past. I'll help you to make changes for the future. When you think Zacchaeus became a believer, we know that Jesus said salvation has come to this house. <laughs> It may have happened sometime between the time that he called Zacchaeus' name, the time that he put his feet on the ground, that he became a believer in the Lord Jesus. Can I tell you the difference maybe between uh, believing something and trust or what it means to believe something versus what it means to truly put your faith in something? Let's suppose that you have earned your first $10,000. Maybe for today's terms we need to say 100000 or a million, but you've earned your first Big money, but you've never used the bank before. You've decided that you're just going to keep things on the mattress, but you've earned this much money. You better maybe get into a bank. So you go to the bank and you walk in, tell them you want to make this deposit, and maybe when they find out how much you want to make, the bank president you're introduced to, and he seems a friendly fellow, he introduces you to the managers of the bank. He introduces you to the loan officers and even to all the tellers, and everybody seems so friendly. You test out the drive-through. You drive through, and they give you a green sucker as you come through. And you thought, oh, man, that worked out pretty well. They give you a tour of the bank, the bank vault, the security system. You meet the bank security officer, and you're impressed. They promise you free checking for life and a toaster. Well, my goodness, then the bank president gives you a list of all the customers and addresses and phone numbers, and you've noticed a couple of names of people you know. You call them up, and they say, oh, yeah, that bank has been the best. You get such rave reviews about the bank. Bank's never been robbed. Nobody's ever lost any money. You're convinced and you believe it. You thank everyone for their gracious kindness. You tell them that you believe that your money is going to be well taken care of in that bank. And then you walk out the door and you take your money back home. That's the difference between believing and faith. You might truly believe the bank is safe, but you've not trusted or put your faith in that bank until you have deposited your money. I want to ask you today, whoever you are, even if you've been a member of this church for years, baptized a long time ago, do you just intellectually believe it? Or have you made the deposit and placed your faith in Jesus by giving Him your heart and your life? What else do we learn from Jesus? The third thing is this, from this story, is Jesus wants you to place your faith in Him and trust Him 
with all of your heart and with all your life and even your eternity. You know, there are a lot of people walking around, maybe even here today, who believe that Jesus is the Son of God, who believe that it could be true, even believe maybe surely it is true because the Bible says He is. But if you've not asked Christ Jesus to forgive you of all your sins, have not asked Jesus to be your Savior and Lord and put all of your faith and all of your hope in Him, you know that you can today. If you recognize who Jesus is, that Jesus is the Son of God, that if you recognize that He loves and He cares for you, He knows your name, He's calling you by name today, then consider not just recognizing for who He is, but recognizing Jesus and make a complete deposit, turn everything over to Him. Something else we need to recognize from the story, and it's this. Recognize who you are in Christ or who you could be with Jesus. After Zacchaeus put his faith in Jesus, he recognized there needed to be changes in his life. He had cheated people. He was living a sinful life, but he wanted to be different. And for those he had cheated, he would give them four times what had been taken. Why four times? Well, in Jewish law, when someone was found uh, that they had committed a crime and found guilty, they were to pay some restitution. Sometimes they were to pay back exactly. Sometimes they were to pay back double. And maybe for the worst offenders, they had to pay back four times. Zacchaeus wasn't giving back four times because he was the worst kind of offender, though he may have been. But he wasn't forced to give that back. He wanted freely to express to the Lord and to the others that Jesus had made a change and a difference in his life. His heart had truly been changed. Jesus brings change to your life and to my life. He makes us more like Christ. He gives purpose to this life. Zacchaeus' purpose before was to cheat people, maybe to get back to some and to get more stuff for himself. But now his purpose was to exalt the name of Jesus. It was to be a blessing to people. We don't know the whole story of Zacchaeus. Maybe he went from being Ebenezer Scrooge to the most beloved person in Jericho. Or maybe people continued to call him that dirty, rotten sinner and a traitor to his own people. But this we know. He now had a friend in Jesus who brought a needed change in his life and other people were blessed because of it. He would also give half of his possessions to the poor. Some of you might remember there's a story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus and the rich young ruler had a discussion about following the Ten Commandments. And the rich young ruler said, well, I followed all of those. And then Jesus said, well, one thing you lack. Go and sell everything that you have and follow me. Go and give away everything you have, not sell, but give away everything you have and follow me. And the rich young ruler went away very sad, the Bible said, because he had many possessions. Here was Zacchaeus. He gave half, and Jesus asked the other young man to give it all away. Is that what is required if we follow Jesus? Whatever happened to a tithe or giving 10% or the idea of this free gift of salvation? Here's what we need to understand. Salvation is a free gift. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13 says, Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 6 and 7, says, And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. You see, Jesus paid the price on Calvary for our salvation so that there would be no cost to you and me. 
Please understand, Zacchaeus' generosity was not a payment for salvation. We cannot earn our salvation. It is by grace through faith. The rich young ruler was to give everything he had because he was depending on himself and all of his riches and was not ready to depend on God. If you're ready to depend on God, the riches and the wealth of God Almighty are already yours this past week. We began uh, our hundred days of Bible reading. Some of you are reading that. And, uh, if you're not, we encourage you just to jump in with us this week. It'll be okay. And uh, uh, got some of those in the kiosk, and you can find them on the website. But one of the first books and chapters that we read was in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. It says that He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7 says He's given us all the riches of His grace. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4 said that we've experienced His rich mercy. And we are in the midst of reading in Philippians. And Philippians tells us we share in the riches of His glory. God's wealth and riches will spend in eternity enjoying. It will never be exhausted or even completely comprehended. Whatever you could give away of yours is not to be compared with God's riches. But by giving God access to our hearts, and our lives, and our bodies, and all of our possessions, and even our minds to do with as He sees fits is the beginning of enjoying His spiritual blessings. So recognize who you could be in Christ, a person who's changing to become what God intended you to be, a person who has access to the unfathomable spiritual blessings and riches, and a person who experiences true joy. Did you notice in verse 6, it says that when Zacchaeus was in, when Jesus invited Zacchaeus to his house, it says that he, he invited him to his house and had him receive him joyfully. The Gospel of Luke, whether you realize it or not, is a gospel of joy. More times than not, there are people who are in desperate, sad situations, and Jesus turns those into times of rejoicing. Here was Zacchaeus, one of the wealthiest men in Jericho, but he was bankrupt spiritually, bankrupt in his relationships, and certainly in any joy or satisfaction. And the friendship of Jesus brought real joy that he never experienced before. Can I tell you that joy is not dependent on your surroundings or your circumstances. Joy is knowing that we have a friend in Jesus. This is the one and only time in the Gospels that we find Jesus inviting himself over to someone's house. But it's a demonstration of the joy he wants to bring into your house and into your heart. And he wants to invite himself into your life today. When Zacchaeus' day began, it was the same old, same old. He never knew how that day was going to end with a joy they did not think possible. Your day may have begun today on this Super Sunday, maybe like any other Sunday. You're in the place and position that you usually are on Sunday, or maybe you're here because a friend invited you. Maybe you're going through some difficult times. However your day has begun, you can experience the joy of the Lord in your life. Jesus wants to bring change. He wants to bring spiritual blessings. He wants to bring joy. But recognize also, and most important, even if you do not feel like you're experiencing these at this moment or don't know of the blessings and the joy that you have in Christ, what you have with Jesus is salvation for now and eternity. Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Meaning that he is placed his faith in the Lord God. Well, Ted, today, if 
you've placed your faith in the Lord God or today if you are ready to place your faith in the Lord God, you can know also that you're a son of Abraham. You're a child of the king when we place our faith in Jesus. Because there are only two kinds of people in the world and both of those are sinners. But some are saved sinners who place their faith in Jesus and ask him to forgive them of their sin and they cling to the promise of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The sinners who have not placed their faith in Jesus are destined to the verdict of John 3, 18, just two verses later to where it says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. In verse 7, We read a moment ago, it says that the people grumbled. People of Jericho grumbled when Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house because they said he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. What they did not realize, and what maybe we need to realize too, that we're not tax collectors, we may not be cheating people, but they did not realize that they were sinners too in need of a Savior. You know what Jesus did when the crowds complained? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Which means that maybe not every complaint is worthy of response. There's no evidence that the people of Jericho ever turned to Jesus or they ever became followers of Jesus or true believers. But Zacchaeus became a true believer because he recognized who he was and who Jesus was and he put his faith in Christ. How about you? Do you recognize who you are? Do you have Jesus in your heart? Have you by faith asked Christ to forgive you of your sins and be the Savior of the Lord of your life? I want to use the letters of faith, F-A-I-T-H, there in your notes. You might want to follow along to show you how you can know that you are a friend of Jesus and Jesus is your Savior. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus, you can use this simple way maybe one day to be able to share with others as well. F is for forgiveness. We cannot have heaven eternal life without God's forgiveness. It's made possible through Jesus. A is for available. Forgiveness is available to all, but it's not automatic. We must call upon Him. I is for impossible. It's impossible for God to allow sin into heaven. God is loving, but He's also holy and just, and something must be done about sin. And this is where we come in. We must turn and trust. T is for turn and trust. We must turn from sin and self, turn toward Jesus and trust Him. The Bible tells us that Christ died and rose again according to the Scripture and that He was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So we must believe what the Bible tells us about Jesus. And then H is for the here and the hereafter. It's also for heaven. And heaven is eternal life. Jesus wants to be with you today, and he wants to be with you forever. Let me ask you today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe someone's listening today, even online today, understanding what we've shared, would you like to receive the forgiveness of sin and place your faith in Jesus today? We're going to give you that opportunity here in just a moment. But let me ask those who are believers today, Understanding what we have shared today, would you like to be a part of sharing with others and letting other people know that they have a friend in Jesus? Mark Twain once said, two greatest days of a person's life are the day that they are born and the day that they find out why. I would say as we 
compare that to the Bible, the two greatest days are the day that you are reborn in Christ, that you become a believer in the Lord Jesus, and the day that you decide that you want to follow the purpose and you find out why you were saved so that you might be able to exalt the name of Jesus and that you might be part of kingdom building today. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for this day and opportunity to come and worship you in so many ways today through uh, the songs that have been lifted, prayers, praise of children coming in a moment, proclamation and reading of your word. Father, we pray that your name has been exalted today. We pray because we've been in your presence. We want to pray for anybody who may be here today that does not know Jesus as their Savior and Lord. And I'm going to ask you today, in this prayer time, other people are praying as well that if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you, or if you're not sure, and you want to be sure today that Jesus is your Savior, your friend, you have an eternal home, you may just silently want to pray this prayer, recognizing it's not the words, but it is the sincerity of heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I know that you are the one who has come, died on the cross, and rose again. So I ask you today, forgive me of all of my sins. I confess to you my need, and thank you for your forgiveness. And I ask you to come into my heart and be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising again. Help me to live for you. This I pray in his precious name. Father God, we also pray for all those believers who are here today. And Father, we pray that today, that also might be a day that we want to give everything over to you. We might be a part of the privilege of sharing with others how Jesus can be their Savior and their friend. We lift up these prayers in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Would you please stand? We're going to sing a song of commitment today. And as a part of our worship, we're always wanting to be ready to take that next step. What's the next step for you? If you prayed that prayer today, asking Christ to be your Savior and Lord, I'm going to be standing right down here. I'll be worshiping along with others. Just come stand next to me. So I pray to receive Jesus. Or you can stand next to Brother Dick, Brother Gus. They'll be glad to talk with you as well. If you want to join Parkway Baptist Church, now's a good time. You just come let us know. Also, during this time that you want to join, we'll tell you the next steps. Also, if you'd like to find one of these Who's Your Three cards, you've got a name of someone that you want to be praying for, you want to commit to the Lord, we, as many others have done, we ask you to come just place that card there. You may just want to take a moment, pray for that person, one to three people, the more that you've put on that card for just a moment, return to your seat. Or you can come and pray for whatever is needed. But as we sing together, you come.